are something like 680 days. I have honestly lost count until the 2024 presidential election. I am so sorry about that graphic. (laughs) It is indeed the stuff of nightmares, but there are a couple of reasons it's appropriate. First of all, either Donald doesn't know what the word clairvoyant means. That's where my money goes. (laughs) Or there's something new about him. We don't know. He's clairvoyant. Uh, The other reason is that um, there is a woman uh, in New Zealand who reads tarot cards. I don't even know how I stumbled across this thing. Uh, First of all, Dahlia, Brian, Jen, I don't normally like say hi to everybody because it's you know we we all know each other but i so appreciate your being here on uh tuesday in between uh we just had hanukkah and christmas and new year's is coming and uh, you know people are all over the place so i i really appreciate your festivus kwanzaa i think we're in the middle of kwanzaa so we've got all sorts of uh and by the way just for those who uh, I'm, i'm sure none of none of the people watching this, but for those who get offended by the whole happy holidays nonsense, they're like 14 holidays going on simultaneously this time of year. So saying happy holidays, is just being polite and inclusive, which clearly Republicans hate. So <laughs> there you go. Anyway, uh, I, I stumbled across this YouTube video. I can't remember her name, Leslie something, Rodriguez maybe, uh, from New Zealand who reads tarot cards And for reasons beyond my comprehension, she read tarot cards after she had heard about uh, my appeal that I, would whatever the word is I'm looking for, uh, submitted an appeal to my case, which uh, my judge had thrown out. So we're appealing to higher court, whatever, it's going to be a while. In the meantime, we can read tarot cards about what's going to happen. Because as uh, the great Robbie Kaplan said, that's as good as an indicator as anything else. So we thought we would, you know, in the spirit of the holidays, uh, do something a little light before we dive into the other just dire things going on in the world. We'll show you a little bit of this uh, quite um, compelling video. And it's compelling and so compelling that I've decided to take up tower card reading. All right. If we have it queued up and ready to go, let's check it out. Okay, now, bring these back. Let's look at Mary Trump. Don't you love her? Yeah. (laughs) So she calls a spade a spade and she's very upfront with her podcast and... And the nerd. Um... She has interesting people on too. But if you remember, the basic story is she was ripped off from her inheritance when her father died, not just by the Yeti, but by the Yeti's sister. I think the one who's the Yeti. Yeti. Let's not forget, the whole family is pretty awful. So her argument now legally is she was forced. She was coerced. And one of the ways they coerced her was to threaten to withdraw medical insurance for her nephew, who was very, very ill. And she was only young then. And she buckled under the pressure. 
and now she's saying the agreement shouldn't stand, I was coerced, and she must have something to back that up, and let's have a look how that case will pan out. Go, Mary. Go, Mary. You have a fan. Awesome. Love her. <laughs> she's she's clairvoyant. She heard us. <laughs> look at the cards. Newton progress. I need her to zoom into one of my classes at Lost School. Prince. That's not bad. Mm. I need yeah. to find out if it's going to be negative six here tomorrow. I do, I do, I do. This so the first card. Tarot cards work as well as doctors. This was putting all the ducks in a row um, because, oh, my glasses, sorry, they're driving you insane because they're totally. good. Um, she's done her homework on this. She has a good lawyer. The it best. could be a team, but a very good lawyer, probably a woman at the top of the legal chain. Robbie Kaplan said, You've got a case. Hey, Robbie, it's you. <laughs> Knights are uh, offers and opportunities. There's an opportunity to win this money back with these pentacles. Temperance, which is very similar to the justice card in many ways, and about balance and restoring harmony and all those things. All Major of this is Arcana, true, followed by another major arcana, the world. So God knows we all know these legal things take years. So we're probably looking at three years or something to a result. But it will be the end of a huge symbolic cycle for her because I think she's fighting this not just for herself, but for whatever reason she's much more altruistic and out there and compassionate than the rest of her entire extended family. She's saying nothing. But it will bring <laughs> that's definitely some true. relief Are you saying to her father, <laughs> who had a very hard time um, growing up as, I think, the eldest son of the truly hideous Fred Trump. Um, and I think it's always wrangled, and I think she has a very good opportunity here. Yeah. Oh, bless you, Mary. The holidays are here, and it's the perfect time to learn something new. I recommend Blinkist. Blinkist helps you discover and understand key insights and powerful ideas from books and podcasts in record time with blinks and shortcasts. Imagine discovering new perspectives, having exciting conversations, and finding that aha moment you've been looking for. Blinkist offers the best selection of nonfiction books and podcasts condensed down to 15 minutes for immediate inspiration and mastery. They offer over 5,500 titles in 27 categories in their unique, entertaining, and engaging audio format. It's perfect no matter where you are or what you're doing and whether it's for education or pleasure. Not only is Blinkist easy and enjoyable to use, you can even listen and read at the same time by downloading titles for offline access. And while celebrating their 10-year anniversary, Blinkist launched a totally new function that will be your favorite feature ever. Think of all those great ideas you naturally want to share or discuss with others instead of just keeping them to yourself. Blinkist Connect does just that. 
Blinkist Connect allows all premium users to share your account with another person of your choice. So you effectively get two premium accounts for the price of one at zero cost. That way you can easily share Blinks and Chorecast with each other with just one click. For me, it's perfect for sharing interesting information with the rest of the Nerd Avengers. Recently, I love the fascinating things we learned about history from When Women Ruled the World, Six Queens of Egypt by Kara Cooney from the Dan Snow Picks playlist. It's amazing to read about the women called to lead one of the most interesting empires in the historical record. But you can learn more about any topic you can think of with Blinkist. And right now, Blinkist has a special offer just for our audience. Go to Blinkist.com dot com slash Mary to start your seven day free trial and get 25% off a of Blinkist premium membership. That's Blinkist spelled B-L-I-N-K-I-S-T. Blinkist.com slash Mary to get 25% off and a seven day free trial. Again, Blinkist.com slash Mary. And now for a limited time, you can even use Blinkist Connect to share your premium account, you will get two premium subscriptions for the price of one. You can also find the link in the show notes. I well, love her use of the word wrangled. Wait, is she so, gone? Yeah, she's gone. That was it. it. I, what was it? Let's okay. not get greedy. It was a video, okay, okay. It was a video clip. Cliff, it was something Mary found on YouTube that we all needed. Oh. Yeah, she wasn't yeah, a special guest. I thought she Cliff. was actually here. I was going to be like, no. can you tell me <laughs> no, if that's it's her... going to be negative six degrees in Cincinnati next week so I know what to wear because this 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 shit's killing me. I but, would just uh, count on it, but I am yes, taking up tarot cards. So if uh, if uh, I get around to it, I would just prepare for the <laughs> I was worst. waiting for it to turn up the so... fool and it would look like done. <laughs> well, uh, we... That that uh, graphic, our YouTube graphic, is definitely going to be uh, one of my. I'm going to design my own tarot cards. Now. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you know, I wanted to ask is. her, Mary. I wanted what? to ask her if the next time I go on a trip with my family to see my mom and others in New York, if I'm going to go into an Italian restaurant and literally have Marla Maples sit down at the table next to me. That's right. Because there was what? a close encounter. So I get a text from Cliff. <laughs> Excuse me. Um, that uh, he's like, I'm in a restaurant. I did. It. I thought you were in Ohio. So I'm like, that's really random that you're in a restaurant with Marla. Maybe. Nobody comes here. Come turns on. Out, I was like, why would she do that? Anyway, turns out really it's in a, a New York City restaurant sitting near Marla Maples. And um, I said, I texted. I always really, she and I always really got along. She always treated me better than everybody else in my family. Like we weren't, you know, really close friends or anything, but we always did get along. And I always felt horribly about how they treated her. And we spent like, a reasonable amount of time together uh, on those few occasions. I went down, God, I can't believe this was my life, to Mar-a-Lago uh, for Easter. Um, so uh, Cliff, take I mean, up the just, rest of the story because you were actually there. Right, so was, uh, you know, I'll give them the free uh, the free plug. Il Tonello, great Italian restaurant in Midtown, New York. Uh, whenever we go, my wife and my kids love it. So we go to New York a couple times a year to see my mom and other reasons. So we were there, and um, my my wife is the one who caught it. Like I'm sitting there, and she's like, "You're not going to believe this, but Marla Maples just sat at the table, literally right behind us." 
And so I'm trying to not, you know, do the obvious stare thing, but I saw clearly it was her. And so I sent, I sent, uh, you know, Mary a message and Marla had always come off as nicer to me. I always sort of felt sorry. I'm like, how did she get herself into this? But I don't know, you know, right. Like that was my opinion from like anybody else's from the outside. I had no, so long story short, um, Mar the, Mary told me this stuff and said, say hi for me. And I'm like, well, I don't have that opportunity. Um, but walking out, I assume she just does this when anybody looks her way. Cause she's probably so used to people sort of looking at her and be like, wait, is that, because I don't think she would have recognized me from anywhere, but she gave me this smile and said, hello. And that was my opening. So I said, Hey, you know, hi, how are you? Whatever. And I said, you know, I'm pretty good friends with Mary Trump and she and whoever was at the table with her smiled a big, big smiles immediately, like friendly. And like, she just wanted me to say hi and that she always loved, you know, really enjoyed you and got along with you. Great. I think I may have even said better than the other members of the family. <laughs> um, and, um, and uh, Marla leaned forward and was like, She's like, that's so funny. I always felt exactly the same way about Mary. Mm -hmm. Please tell her I say hi. Really <laughs> I cool. love this love fest. Nice. Yeah. This is and, nice. And there's your random encounter in a midtown. I mean, you know, it's a good restaurant and whatever, but there's a million good restaurants in New York. And, <laughs> yes, uh, there are. I was there for three days. So, you know. In that, a restaurant for three days? I mean, I wonder. Yeah. You <laughs> Listen, I would live at that restaurant. It's so good. Seriously. I mean, I'd start looking like Jabba the Hutt. With, I mean, every pasta dish is its own. Mary but you got to get them to sponsor a show now. I feel like they have gotten really good press today. They have. And so, has, have. Um, so has our Say the name slowly. friend. Il what is Tinello. the name of the restaurant? It's, it's Il Tinello. Okay. So I think it's T-I-N-I-E-L-L-O. It's on 50, in the 50s between 5th and 6th Avenue. Huh. And it's absolutely delicious. 54th, it's our, right? That's right. about right. 54th, 55th, somewhere So south there. of the park. So uh, thank you to oh. our sponsor. Actually, they're not. I know. Now um, that we've done so we're that, gonna we move on. Them up. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, it's always nice when, well, Can first I just of say, all, I'd like a bucatini. You can just mail it right to me. You know, I'll rewarm it. It's fine. No. Uh, it's always nice when some random tarot card reading person from New Zealand it says <laughs> such nice things to you. And it's also really nice. Um, bucatini, that's like a thick noodle. I like it because then all you the, want it um, in the yummy... mail. That seems wrong. Okay. Anyway, okay, <laughs> get some cannolis. Um, anyway, so and it's also nice when you find you find out that somebody you haven't seen for years uh, kind of feels the same way because you know she could have said, "Oh God, she's an asshole," or whatever she could have said. I don't know. Uh, so yeah, so that's that's really and, nice. And I'll just say quickly, she could have also you know just been like a fake whatever. Mm -hmm. But the genuine reaction when I said your name, because she wasn't expecting your name. Right. She probably was expecting Donald or whatever. Right. The genuine smile from both her and the woman, I don't know who it was, who was with her. It, it seemed pretty natural. So I really think that that felt nice. It was a nice, you know. Yeah, that's great. And and she was always quite genuine. And I, you know, she she, she was really young. So, God, yeah. you know. And what she wore to the, whatever wedding that was, oh, her daughter's wedding recently, was very elegant. I liked, I don't usually comment on people's looks, but it was a wedding and um, she. And that cannot looked, have been easy for her to be among those people. So no, and she looked like too. a very elegant mother of the bride. Very natural. Um, I think we've had enough of the hard hitting news for today. So maybe we should just <laughs> shift gears. Um, although I, there has been a suggestion, Dahlia suggested that uh, Jen invent a Bucatini martini, which. Um, it's been like done, though. There's like vodka sauce, right? Isn't that a kind of pinkish 
um, red sauce. Yes, with pancetta, which is not uh, okay. So with okay, olives, we'll put some olives in there. Would be good. Yum. Um, anyway, so this is our very last Nerd Avenger until 2023. I don't know about the rest of you guys. I'm so eager to put this fucking year in the rearview mirror. Um, you know, it just amazes me how every single year since 2016, I've been saying, well, next year can't possibly be worse. Stop saying it. Stop saying it. Yeah, I'm not saying it. I am not saying it this year. Um, good, good, I'm good. just going to be quietly hopeful uh, and also try not to be not cynical. Jen, what was what was the phrase that Waj used to describe my my attitude towards? It was January actually mine. Meeting? It was oh, mine. I, I so apologize. He repeated it for the misattribution. Fine. It was uh, cautiously pessimistic. Yeah. And, you know, that's fine. <laughs> you that, liked it the first time you heard it, too. Yeah. I have to be completely honest. I, I don't. I think it's fair, but um, it's a little disappointing because I've always been an optimist, and uh, the last six years have really challenged that my ability to to maintain that position about anything. But um, oh, and also just to mention, uh, we we uh, had I think a, a great time at the live on stage Nerd Avengers in LA at Dynasty Typewriter. So thank you to everybody who came out. Um, I think it went as well as we could have hoped it would. Uh, and uh, yeah, it was, it was great. Um, so we definitely plan to be doing more of those. We'll keep you posted. But that day, uh, you know, some of you might, might've uh, seen that we had a live stream of the J the final January 6th committee hearing hearings um and uh the report maybe somebody who explained to me why they released it at 10 o'clock on a thursday night but maybe it doesn't matter i don't know um and i i want to talk about uh you know so we talked about the hearing i want to talk about the report like some of us haven't actually read it three times like some people we know Jen up um but I don't think we need, you know, I think we've read enough summaries and enough takeaways to get the gist of it. So, Jen, because I think you actually at least printed it out if didn't read the whole thing cover to cover. Um, and that's dedication. That's a lot of paper and printer ink. Um, I I want to start with your kind of your overarching sense of it, but like what were the things, what were the most salient things that were missing from the report because that's something I've been reading about that I've found disturbing. Having printed it out or actually speaking of sponsors, no, our, uh, <laughs> my um, local print shop is called paradise copies and it's great because they printed double-sided, you know, black and white and put it in the spiral bounds. It had to go into two. Now, it would be less expensive for me just to wait and get the official printout, but then you have to like break the spine and there's something nice about <clears> marking up. I do this when it's something important and then I have it on my shelf with my notes and my post-its and all that stuff. But mm -hmm. having not finished reading it, um, I'm only going to speculate based on what I heard that what's missing is any kind of um, mention of, I haven't, I probably could search through it. I don't think Ginny Thomas is probably even mentioned in this. Um, Zero I think, times. Yep. I, I, I think that while there is more than one person who is the focal point of this beyond Donald Trump, there are others, obviously, John Eastman and others who are for who are mentioned and for whom the referral is made. What I feel is most likely missing 
is that is the emphasis on the kind of danger of how this has been normalized, and I'll say the it in a second, and accepted and propagated by the Republican establishment in that what justifies taking arms against um, an authority, at least in American history, is tyranny, right? And so the big lie, the big lie, the denial that Joe Biden and Kamala Harris fairly and squarely and legally won the election that big lie, which is still supported by people who are in office and some reelected and new people elected to the Congress and the Senate. And running for office. And running for office. That is part of, and that's Donald Trump, who is still head of the party. That's still when you see the um, House GOP tweeting stuff out with Donald's picture. The big lie makes it made it a necessity for many people who thought themselves as patriots to resist the peaceful transition of power. And until that's actually front and center denounced, because it's that is what has to happen, because the name of the committee committee is this um, the select committee to investigate the January 6th attack on the Capitol. But it's not just the attack on the Capitol. Thank goodness they stepped back and look, took a bigger frame. But it's an attack on our democracy. It really should be the January 6th committee to investigate the big lie, because that's what is missing to me, the framing. And Dahlia, that seems quite dangerous to me. Um, I And it doesn't make sense. Um, but keeping in line with other things missing and, you know, it, it, it expand on whatever you think is most uh, relevant um, in addition to. Uh, Ginny Thomas, I don't believe that there was enough about the corruption at the Secret Service, for example, um, or uh, the failures of the intelligence community prior <clears throat> to January 6th. And one of one of the we've talked about this a lot. One of the biggest challenges we face and one of the still unanswered questions is how does this country survive if we are incapable of policing ourselves? You know, how does a government survive if people who are active seditionists and who supported an insurrection are allowed to continue, not, not just to, you know, skate free, but serve in the government? Um, so first of all, happy holidays and uh, happy holidays. Happy holidays. Always fun yeah. to be together. Uh, warm, fuzzy feeling of imminent democratic collapse. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I think a couple uh, of things. I I I, I want to reflect, Mary, on the very first sentiment you expressed, which is things are ostensibly getting better, right? We're in the Biden era. Trump was not elected. We now have accountability. Like, why does everything feel, in some sense, more perilous? And I think it's what Jen just so sort of exquisitely said, which is because the big lie gets bigger and bigger. It doesn't get smaller and smaller. Nothing that is meant to constrain it constrains it. And if you're like watching the comedy stylings of George Santos uh, in recent days, right. like it's clear that like overt lying, fabrication, you know, grifting, uh, every single thing that would have been disqualifying, right? This is your Roy Moore point, uh, you know, three, four, five years ago, now actually means the party rallies around you and defends you. And if people can't see 
the sort of gap between creeping accountability on one hand and just what is being permitted and normalized, I think you both use that word, then I think that's kind of the space we're in. And it's the reason we're all on fire all the time is how do you sort of express this sentiment that even with the accountability, quote unquote, of this, you know, really scrupulous 840 whatever page report, uh, the thing that it is purportedly investigating and smoking out is actually just living in Cary Lake right now. Like it is just continuing to seemingly thwart, you know, any systems of accountability. And I think it's that the gap <laughs> between those two things that is really just very both exhausting personally, but also I think that that, you know, part of why when, you know, I wrote at the end of last week about why Clarence and Ginny Thomas uh, were going to skate here. And people are like, but look at what they did do. Um, but, you know, what they did do is fantastic, but it doesn't help if one of the nine people on the Supreme Court refuses to recuse himself in January 6 cases while his wife was ostensibly, you know, helping John Eastman do and Mark Meadows do what they sought to do. So I think it's that cognitive dissonance that's just really hard. How can you be winning small and losing big? And maybe the other thing I would say is, and I, I didn't read the whole report, um, but I will say this. I was really struck reading the depositions of some of the worst of the worst, the Alex Jones and Charlie Kirk and uh, Nick Fuentes, that you really get that sense, and y'all tell me if you agree or disagree, They, when they're actually called on under oath to swear to things, they freak out, right? Like they actually, all of the bluster and the bravado, Alex Jones is like not even sure about his name in his deposition. He's like fumbling over his name. Charlie Kirk literally takes the fifth about his like age. Yep. And so I just like, there is some satisfaction in seeing that they're total cowards in the face of actual lying under oath yep. and actual repercussions. And I don't know if that gives me, you know, optimism or like cautious pessimism, but it is really interesting to see that when they have a moment to act out, they choose not to when they know they're going to be lying under oath. And the cowardice on display in those depositions is really staggering. So I'll yeah. stop there. Yeah. I don't know. Well, Dolly, we saw it with uh, Sean Hannity in the Domin Dominion Voting Systems. Is that what that lawsuit is? Uh, he's like, oh, no, yeah, I knew the big lie was bullshit all along. Okay, well, you're not going to tell that to your millions of viewers, are you, though? Uh, and Dolly, I just want to follow up with one thing. Yes, it is indeed a problem uh, that Clarence Thomas won't recuse himself and that there's no mechanism to force him to do so. What's more troubling, because how could we expect somebody like Clarence Thomas to do anything ethical or just? He's a corrupt, uh, I, he's just corrupt and, and vile, um, as, as are many of his colleagues on the court. But if his behavior and if his wife's behavior isn't enough to um, light a fire under a uh, Democrats to reform the court in significant and far-reaching ways, then 
what do we do? Oh, well, you know, they're on the court already. I mean, it was the same thing with uh, Don. Well, he's in the Oval Office. What are you going to do? Well, they're on the court. What are you going to do? And um, that's what that's what troubles me more than, uh, you know, thinking we're at the mercy of people like Clarence Thomas deciding to do the right thing, because that's that's a fool's game. Um, anyway, uh, so <laughs> Cliff, yes, they're all they all tell the truth under oath. And still, though, where does that get us? Well, I mean, I, I find it interesting. I'll start with Dahlia's point about the cowardice part, right? Yeah. Sometimes people think that, like, we're just saying this stuff because we want to be cruel or because we want to rip on them, which I do, I admit. But we, because they, I mean, think of Josh Hawley to must, must and, win. And think of, well, okay, don't say <laughs> impression. I cannot uh, wait to read that book. Think of pot bellied, you know, Ted Cruz when the, when it gets cold with the, pulling his suitcase to Cancun and think of, of Donald when there's a couple of protests outside and he has to go down to the bunker. I mean, they're the biggest bunch of fucking cowards, all of them. And, and that's the thing that is just, it's infuriating about all of it is how performative it all is. And it just is a lesson in how effective propaganda is, how easily people are fooled by these faux bravado acts, which is why the, to me, the most dangerous thing going forward, and I will get, to, to very quickly like to January 6th. But the most dangerous thing is the Republican Party realizes this. They realize the mainstream media won't call them on this. And they realize that people are impressed by the, sadly, by the, a lot of the same things Donald Trump is impressed by. So get Mehmet Oz, who he was on TV. He must be somebody. Get Herschel Walker. He was a football player. This new lunatic down who was elected in Florida, who they're calling Luna is her name, which seems perfect. I know it means moon, but it should be loony. They call her like, they're calling her like the Latina Marjorie Taylor Greene. She was an Instagram influencer. You know, like they're just now going after people that are good at performing like they're smart and tough and whatever. And it's all BS. Now, the part that bothers me the most, I will say, about the January 6th thing, and, and I think you guys got to some of this, is nothing for any members of Congress. I mean, we know for a fact now that numerous members of Congress were heavily involved in what Donald Trump was doing. Scott Perry, Jim Jordan. Jim Jordan's going to chair if they can pick a leader, which is still a question. But if they can do it in the end, he's going to chair the Judiciary Committee. I mean, and he was involved in trying to overthrow our, our country. And like that to me, I mean, history tells us as Abraham Lincoln kicked a bunch of people out of the Senate who refused to accept his election for a reason. And I get the mechanism isn't easy, but they actually can kick them out and two thirds would have to vote to bring them back in, is my understanding. But we, but again, we're Democrats, we're cautious, we refuse to do this. And we literally have the enemies inside the gates. We have at least a dozen, probably more like three dozen House members, and I'd say about a dozen senators who are active traitors to this country, and we know it. And they're gonna run committees or just be there and I mean, that, that's my big, the biggest failure to me, because mm -hmm. how do you continue with that knowledge? How do people, you know, trust them? I mean, if you're Democrats in there and you have to trust these people with information about yourself or whatever, I mean, in any case, that's my problem. But that, that was precisely my point. Uh, we, how, how do you have a democracy that's run by traitors who want nothing more than to destroy our democracy? I mean, it, it's just absurd on its face and Brian, it kind of feels like we're, we're at this um, kind of uh, we're, like at the end of reconstruction when there was all of this potential and we kept making the wrong decisions. 
and empowering our enemies mm -hmm. who then basically won. I, you know, the South won the Civil War, I, I hate to say. Because, because we allowed it, as you said. Yes, the North just didn't have the political wherewithal to make common cause with the people who'd been most wronged and decided it was more expedient to allow uh, the traitors to um, rejoin uh, the union that they had tried so hard to destroy. And now they're trying to destroy it again. And I, you know, I know you have some stuff to say before we move on, but I just wanted to, to say that. And uh, yeah. cub reporter, Brian Karam has read the entire report. Uh, I'm a huge just nerd. give me, you can go ahead. I just, I had to turn off my camera. I accidentally stepped on my cat. <laughs> she was under my desk. And I, I didn't I know that. touch that line. So, <laughs> well, we've so all Brian, had those moments. Make sure she's cool. Yeah. So you go ahead. I will, I will be listening, but also consoling. <laughs> okay. Okay. Uh, well, yeah, you can make the point that what uh, this did. Uh, is a direct result of what happened after Reconstruction. Everything we're going through today is you can draw a mm -hmm. direct line to Reconstruction in the 60s, but it's in, in the 1860s. But if you want to take a look at this 845 page, large, long, lengthy report, uh, and after talking to some of the people that drafted it, the, the idea behind this was to lop off the head of the serpent. So that's why Donald Trump was looked at more. Uh, in depth than anybody else. Now, if you want to take a look at some of the pages that were uh, dedicated, for example, Donald Trump is mentioned on 205 pages of this report. Mark Meadows, 115 pages. John Eastman, 73 pages. Mike Pence, he got the magic number, 69 pages. Not that he knows what that means. Uh, Kevin McCarthy was... He does as long as he's with his wife eating dinner at the time. That's and it. Well, I'm not women that line. Oh, two, two Kevin McCarthy, 28 I'm sorry. Pages. I yeah. apologize. Jim yeah. Jordan, 15 pages. Matt Gates, a minor player in Bunkinville, two pages. Clarence Is that one page Jen for each of the women he trafficked? Or Clarence no? and Jenny Thomas were not mentioned once in 845 pages. And the method to the madness behind it, while we and I look at it as an abrogate, you, 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 you did not take your responsibility as seriously as you could or should. And that directly responds or reflects on what Mary was talking about, about uh, what happened after the Civil War. They had a pointed, a pointed, uh, their point was to go after Donald Trump, the head of the serpent, lop him off. That's why they did what they did. Now, I, you may or may not agree with it, but that's what they did and why. As far as the testimony. Can I cut you off? Sorry, Brian. But you say head of the serpent. Point, no, no, point, the Hydra. Isn't it like the Hydra? Not a yeah, serpent? well, it I, is I, now, yes. Well, I was I was actually looking at it more as the, the revolutionary uh, lopping off the, the head of the serpent from the Revolutionary War. And there's that famous flag of chopping it up. And that's the reflection. But yes, a Hydra. But the uh, at the end of the day, what I, and I can't remember, maybe it was you, Dahlia, who mentioned the testimony. Reading of this testimony shows you that this is all BS, that everything that they've said publicly is BS. And it's up to the Democrats and the press to hold them accountable to what they testified to in the, in these documents, because they are very enlightening as far as how they all went along with the BS in order to feather their own nests. 
And if there's any condemnation of all these bit players in the press, in Congress, and everywhere, that there it is. Read that and see what they say in their testimony. You will find out that they are as full of living shit as anybody I've ever met in my entire life. And there is not a one of them that deserves to be in office. And that includes the recently elected and that moron Santos who says, I'm a liar, but I'm not a criminal. I've had enough BS in Congress. I've had enough BS in government. Don't seat this guy. Kick his ass out and kick everybody out who's responsible in this 845-page document because it's condemning, and I think everyone should try to read, at least read the testimony. You don't have to read all the other stuff, but please take the time and read the testimony. Are, have we established definitively that uh, George Santos is actually his name? Or? I, I don't even know if he's no. an American. <laughs> I think I might be George Santos at this point. I'm not sure. Well, it's not like a character in West George Wing Santos or something. Stand up. <laughs> he could be anybody. Well, look, I'm just, I, I'm just upset, Mary, that they took the jo- that's like a such a joke we always tell about like someone who's not so religious and they're Jew. It's not Jew. people who are practicing Jews, but like kind of only go to synagogue on the high holy days. We say like we're Jewish, and that was our fucking joke. And then he just stepped all over it. Yeah, he at least has to become like a dentist, like, uh, like in Catholic, Seinfeld Catholic, or something. Catholic, Catholics. But but look, I, the situation for those who don't know, uh, first of all. Thanks, New York Democrats, and fuck you, Andrew Cuomo. Um, yep. Because the the great uh, tragedy of t- one of the great tragedies of the 2022 midterms is we lost the house because of New York State, um, yes. where I used to live in Nassau County, which is uh, that district is part Nassau, part Queens, which is part of New York City. The uh, actually the incumbent run, but the Republican one beat the the Democrat. Um, and I think in Westchester County, uh, the Democrat, I mean, the, the, it's just the absurdity is, is, is of it all is, is quite trying. Anyway, George Santos was the, uh, the Republican, uh, congressperson now in that County. And he's lied about absolutely everything. Like, I don't even think we know, <laughs> What if anything he's ever said is true and taking a page out of, uh, yeah, I blame, uh, Eric Adams, the mayor of Man- of New York city for everything at this point as well. But, um, we, the lesson that's been learned is if you're a Republican, um, lie about everything. If you're yep. caught brazen your way through it, either double down on the lies or say, well, so what? Who cares that I lied? All's fair, you know. Um, and and something else I learned from Donald is is that it almost uh, worked for Herschel Walker too. Yeah, and um, you know, it's winning at all costs. But when, it, but it's always losing plus cheating plus um, lots of help yep. from people who, as I think Dahlia said earlier in the chat, don't care about the cheating and the lying and the stealing because they're getting their policies. They're getting their Supreme court. They're turning back the clock to 1850, which is exactly what they want. They're accruing power. And I think we see it. So it's not that they're incapable of policing themselves. They have no interest in policing themselves. They just want the votes. And I think as we see with people like Charlie Kirk and Sean Hannity and Alex Jones, there is nothing quite as dangerous 
as a coward who has been uh, empowered um, because they they pay no price for their cowardice at all. And um, yeah, Dahlia, go ahead. Uh-oh. Dahlia? I was Can literally... I mute, mute, mute. Um, one quick thing, and I think it just goes to Cliff's really smart point about how we just keep like falling for this like celebrity alpha male, you know, of the of the moment, and it's They're hilarious. They're not alpha males, though. Well, that's what males. I was going to say, Brian. Faux alpha that, male. That George, that George Santos is an alpha male is its own like PhD thesis for someone. Like how this passes for you know how Josh Hawley is an alpha male. Like help me out. But I do want to say, I think you know, just to that last point you made, Mary, which is the thing I said in the chat. You know, we keep talking on this show and, and and it's often Danielle who makes the point or Waj, but like about how these are massive faceless systems problems. You know, the Electoral College is a massive, boring, faceless systems problem, like the malapportioned Senate, same, you know. And so I, I think part of the problem is because we're not interested in challenges to democracy that are massive, faceless, you know, inchoate random wonky problems we just keep doing this cult of celebrity like you know zigzag from one to another and it just seems to me you know as long as liz cheney is winning on guns and winning on religion and winning on like union busting and winning on you know deregulating uh you know environmental protections and all the stuff they're winning on at the supreme court clarence and jenny thomas are untouchable right and i think that part of the problem is we choose to make common cause and say we'll take our little win and our little win in this case is absolutely narrowing the focus to donald trump and that's yet again falling for the celebrity right like this is a game of you know, tearing down a celebrity, which is really profoundly different from the work of repairing an actual broken democracy. Yeah. And that, that has been um, something that's been worrying me and all of us for at least two years now, that every time Donald made a misstep every time, and, and, you know, the last month is, has just been stellar in that regard. He lost them the midterms. He, um, <laughs> Sorry, the Griff thing. I mean, oh my God, the the fake trading cards. Uh, his announcement uh, that he was running was a total disaster. The January sixth committee hearing, which again made it seem like it was all his fault and his alone, and um, then the tax returns. All of these are opportunities for the Republicans to say, "See, it's him. It's not us. We were misled. We were mistaken. He's electoral poison." Uh, and and you know he's 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 uh, pathetic, so we're going to turn the page. Not that they can necessarily, because although I think it's safe to say they can't win elections with him, they'll definitely lose elections without him. I think so uh, because of the base and all that. Um, so uh, this th that's I guess why this report is sort of well. It's really disappointing because it, it gives the Republicans even more fuel for that tactic. Uh, Jen, go ahead. Say your thing. Okay. So um, just, just one, though. Here's the thing. When what? I was, I think when I was in 
college or law school. Um, what? This relates. I know, um, but I was like five when this happened. But go ahead. Ow. Oh, so <laughs> last week, no, um, I was like 25. So <laughs> let me just kind of frame this. When I look at someone like George Santos or Donald Trump, I try not to, but or um, any of these folks who, like George Santos says, oh, I, you know, first, you know, I have a story to tell. And then it's like, well, I embellished my resume. Now, it's not a, embellished means to kind of like decorate, make beautiful, or enhance. It doesn't mean to build out of whole cloth and lie. And there's a way, though, that there the, the way that we kind of say, well, okay, we'll allow it or something. We can pretend. And yet, when I was younger, I remember that uh, Bill Clinton, yeah, must have been law school or after law school, Bill Clinton not made some nominations um, to attorney for attorney general. And one of them was Zoe Baird. Another oh, one was Kimba Wood, who memories, later got yeah. who later got a, a judgeship. But uh, Zoe Baird was going to be the attorney general, and then you know they did some oppo research. Someone did, and they came to find out that she had someone helping take care of the kids, even though her husband was a professor. And I'm thinking, why couldn't he have fucking taken care of the kids? But that's an aside. That they had someone. Now I understand that I guess teaching is work. Um, but anyhow, <laughs> so they, you know, but we anyway whatever um but they but they had a nanny and as was the custom at that time they just probably paid her cash mm -hmm. and all the and it was she they were supposed to be paying into the social security for her and there was others it wasn't as well established a process now of doing that so it was called nanny gate because it got her dinged it got her mm -hmm. um n nomination withdrawn and i compare that to you know when and this is a bipartisan objection I have when Timothy Geithner was being nominated for treasury secretary and he hadn't paid his taxes. And he's like, Oh my bad. I'll just pay them. I just feel like this way that if you're a guy, yep. particularly a white guy and you just, you know, don't do things like you don't pay your taxes or you lie about your resume. It's a fine. It's just like, Oh, whatever. My bad. You're a fucking woman. And in order to do your job as a lawyer, because your husband won't watch the kids, I'm sure he's a nice guy. I don't mean to complain about her husband, but like, She's got to hire somebody and the way it's done is paid cash. And I bet the woman wanted cash. There's a whole bunch of reasons why. And yes, she doesn't get to be attorney general. And anyway, I'm just I'm just feel like I was raised to believe that if you didn't cross your T's and dot your I's, you didn't deserve anything and you had no right to speak your mind. And there are so yeah. many people like that. And yet we see these other people who can just cosplay a kind of toxic masculinity and it's not masculinity. Don't miss, I, it, it, I, these are kids that were picked last. For cosplay kids. was the operative word yeah, in that yeah, phrase. It, it, I but believe they're not even good at that. The, well, that's, 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 well it cool. doesn't. It, there's no. The, the, there's no such thing as a real. There are all kinds of masculinities and femininities. You know, that's I not agree. even the point. Yes. The point is, it's like you look like a coloring book version of somebody, yeah. and everyone can say, "Well, that's what you're supposed to like appear like," and we'll just vote for you. Anyway, I think there's like, like a, a Venn really... diagram here. What I would say is so white guys like me uh, can get away with a lot more than anybody else. But in that Venn diagram, when you make, is that also being Republican? So white Republicans get away with the most. White people get away with a lot of stuff. But then still, if you're, if, as long as you're willing to be a Republican, if you're Debbie Lesko from Arizona, you can go on a crime spree and still get elected to Congress. If you're Herschel Walker, you can father 14 kids and not know about them and lie about things and threaten your wife's life and still get a, you know, almost become a senator. 
you know, and we can go mimic Oz and the rest of them. So, so I feel like what you're saying is totally right. And I fully accept like white guys like me and Brian, absolutely. Hey, then there's a further right level man. of being a Republican because all the guardrails have come down at this point. Like the, the, the point I always try to bring up to me, like a dividing line for those who are interested at all in history. In 2010, when that first Tea Party wave came, you had Mike Castle running who had been this moderate Republican governor of Delaware was in favor of stem cell research, gun safety, environmental, you know, all this stuff. And he was running against that crazy person who had to do an ad that, to say, I'm not a witch. And <laughs> when Mike Castle, who was a direct lineage, by the way, from Ben Franklin, which a lot of people didn't know, this guy who was his direct lineage, a liberal to moderate Republican had been a leader in the house. had been in, When they chose her in the primary over him, that was when I knew like, we're done. And, and since then, and she had been a performative type too, had been on TV shows and that's the direction they've gone in. So it's some combo. I guess I'm just saying, Jenna, both of those things, white guys get it easier. Republicans of any kind get it even easier because their party doesn't care anymore. Right. And you, you know, to, to Jen's point, I, one of the, one of the outrages during, uh, about the Zoe Baird issue was that no man had ever, been questioned about how he paid the nanny <laughs> so Great point. clearly uh you know we're still no, we're, we're still dealing with with many of the same issues we've always been dealing with um i want to it's not really Big, switching gears so much as it's uh, kind of hang on a second brian yep. sorry go ahead brian go well, ahead. all i wanted to say was in in regards to, I know we've said a lot about this 845 page report and I know that you're disappointed in it, but I do encourage, there is enough there. If the Democrats and the press will dig into this, there is enough there for fuel for the fire for the next two years, but it's going to take people, 845 pages is a lot to go over. Well, you'll, you'll be, do it. Well, listeners, I, Mary, can I just hijack your listening base here? Um, for my new podcast called Booked Up with Jen Taub. No, because I haven't been invited on. So no, you are yeah, not allowed yeah. to plug your podcast. But you will be. You're yeah. in the She's spreadsheet. going to do it anyway. You're in the spreadsheet. Oh, I'm so, on you, a made, you made the like spreadsheet 20, already, Mary. 26. That's pretty cool. Uh -huh. uh, you're busy. You're so busy. Um, so the every month we have a, a book club, and we're having a special book club gathering um, for, for January, where we're going to be going over the um, the January sixth report. Thank you and, for not inviting me to that, though. Well, we only have lawyers. We only exactly. have lawyers. Andrew Weissman, um, George Conway, and I think there's right. there someone else. Dahlia, anyway. probably. Okay. No, not Dahlia. Sorry, Dahlia. Sorry. Oh God. Not Dahlia. Okay, Jen. <laughs> okay, never um, mind about that. And then February, we're doing back to the Jen, regular seriously. club. <laughs> Letter from Birmingham jail. Okay, sorry, Mary. <laughs> Bye. Thanks. Gee, I, I just Can I talk about my about YouTube. No, I'm just, I'm just kidding. I'm kidding. Okay, I'm kidding. I know. Oh my God, we are totally. Can off I the promote road. your, uh, your, your spot, Mary? <laughs> Everybody should join the Nerd Avengers. <laughs> Thank you, Brian. <laughs> Glad to help. Um. <laughs> so it's a great podcast. I was trying. I, th I, I think I was about to say something incredibly profound <laughs> no so so it's it's sort of adding to the conversation that we were having <laughs> sorry <laughs> um that you know we've been talking about the republican party we've been talking about elected republicans we've been talking about the structural issues and what's sort of required or allowed 
in the Republican Party. And um, <laughs> yeah, we, we want tarot card woman <laughs> just for the accent alone, quite honestly. Um, I'm, I'm going to invite her on. I really am. Bobby, mate. So, um, sorry, Mary, I have her for the podcast already. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Which one is that? I'm just kidding. So, so <laughs> <laughs> get me started. We don't have a lot of time. So, I just want to wrap up with this because I think it's important. So, we're talking about how these um, grifters, how these men mostly, but also women who just traffic in the worst kinds of mendacity. Uh, they promote the big lie. They uh, engage in revisionist history about what really happened on January 6th and what that meant. Um, and, you know, they deceive a lot of voters. So we have many people in the Republican Party, many constituents in the Republican Party who believe that the election was stolen or who don't understand why January 6th is a big deal. But let's face it. There's a significant portion of Republican voters who don't care about veracity or decency no. any more than the people they elect to represent them. We see this time after time after time. How the hell is somebody as despicable? Like the, Dante needs to keep inventing other circles of hell. How is Greg Abbott reelected? with almost 900,000 more votes than Beto O'Rourke, with something like almost 8% more of the vote than Beto O'Rourke, when, you know, after Uvalde, after the electric, like almost 700 people were, were killed because of government greed and incompetence. After SB8, after he had already been pulling his, I hate calling them stunts because it makes it sound fun, but his, his absolutely despicable uh, practice of putting immigrants on buses and driving them God knows where. So the fact that all of that happened, he still gets elected overwhelmingly. Like he kicked Beto O'Rourke's ass. Yeah, he won by like 12 And now he's, it wasn't, it was a lot. I mean, you know. Yes. It was a, a, a devastating number. Yes. And so still allowed to be in a position to do what he did this past weekend, which was to put upwards of 50 immigrants on two buses, drive them from Texas to Washington, D.C., let them out in front of Vice President Kamala Harris's house. It was 18 fucking degrees out. Yeah, I, what like that? First of all, let's let's leave aside the question. Like, why why is why is that legal? Like, why isn't he in prison? Um, but you know, Donald I Trump like is in that. prison. It's so, a, I mean, I would a, like to know it too. But like, Donald Trump literally stole classified documents from the United States government, and he's not in prison. So, why should Greg Abbott be in prison? But my point about this is, we need to look to Republican voters too. They're in on it. They. Are, they approve it. They remind me of the whites during Reconstruction who had so much trouble, whether Republican or Democrat, so much trouble allowing freed Black Americans to participate in the franchise, to have some semblance of a voice in our government, in their government, that they chose to make common cause with traitors. 
Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. It's, it's, oh, look, whoever wants. Okay, go ahead, appearance Barbara. versus reality. That's the first thing. It's what? It's appearance. The appearance versus the reality. And the Republicans are very good at selling you on an appearance and not reality. But appearance of what? To con- it's easier to convince someone. It's easier to con someone than to, to get someone to admit that they've been conned. But so, what a, what is the appearance? It, what the appearance in Texas and having lived there, and I mean, there was a Secretary of State in Texas in the '90s, in the early, late '80s, early '90s, who would watch every execution and claim that that made him tough on crime. Right? He was wow. a big, big sissy, but that was his thing, and people bought it. You have a gun. That's why you see guns in so many of their ads. These people in Texas buy into the appearance. Texas was its own country for a while it's it's oh you mean the whole the myth of rugged individualism rugged individualism macho macho, all of that appearance never mind that the reality is we all have to work together never mind they claim socialism when they take their kids you know use the police use the roads take their kids to school use the hospitals that are all social programs that we all pay for the the cognitive dissonance is there because the Politicians in Texas are very successful. It's selling you on the appearance that you have to be a rugged individualist. And to do that, you've got to have that gun. You've got to be able to use it. And the reality is they're none of those things. They're, they're like Josh Hawley. As soon as the, as soon as the uh, strife comes, they're doing chariots of fire and running down the hot hallway. But That's, Dolly, wait, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but Dolly, what's worse about it is that. Um, yeah, oh, at no cat. I, I love that, Jen. Sorry. That. That's okay. Um, but the, you know, the other very troubling um, part of this is that people don't even understand what's actually happening. Uh, according to 8 USC 1158, how's that, Gentile, uh, regarding asylum, people are allowed to come into this country. There's no point of entry specified. They are allowed to make their case without being kidnapped, brought across state lines and left to freeze. And, and I, I don't, so there's that aspect of it as well. It's just, it's, it's appearance of toughness, fine. And who cares if the little brown children freeze to death because we're making yeah. our point, but they're here legally. So why is this even allowed to happen? And why isn't more made of that? I mean, they're here illegally. And this was an issue, by the way, for family separation. Remember when it was the same thing that they were crossing uh, lawfully, seeking asylum lawfully and then being ripped apart. And, you know, their children, many of whom have been lost forever. Right. Yeah. Uh, So so this is this is not new. But, I, you know, I keep coming back to and maybe this ties something Brian just said to what you just asked, Mary, which is I think that we are in a moment where this myth of scarcity pervades all political discourse, right? The idea that other people are getting stuff that is coming to you. And if I had to, I know we haven't talked about the Supreme Court other right. trolling Clarence Thomas, but I will say like, if I had to find one through line for all the big ticket cases this term so far, whether it's affirmative action, whether it's the Indian Child Welfare Act, whether it's um, the, the um, racial gerrymander in Alabama, these cases are all attempting to say, how dare the Reconstruction Amendments be used against white people yep. to take yeah. away that which I am entitled to and that the real victims here are white people 
for 200 years have had everything and now claim scarcity. And I think if you think about, you know, this trope of, you know, it's, it's part of the, the great replacement stuff that Tucker Carlson is peddling every day on his yeah. show. It's part of how Donald J. Trump got into office talking about Mexican rapists. It's just the idea that there are limited resources in this country and people who are not us are coming and getting them. And that means we don't have it. And We're I taking think our stuff and giving it to them. Yeah. And I think unless them. we figure out how to a debunk the myth of scarcity. And it's super interesting. If you listen to the affirmative action cases at the court, it's quite literally about how white people are entitled to spots at Ivy Lake schools because they just are. Yep. And if you listen to the Indian Child Welfare Act case, it's that white Christians are just entitled to adopt uh, Native American children because they just are. And if we can't think of a way, A, to debunk that myth and to stop thinking in zero sum terms about resources, then they are just going to keep winning by making these completely, completely tautological claims about what it is to be an American, because what it is to be an American is always going to be the white guys get everything because they were here first. Yeah. In That's other words, to sum up that uh, really beautiful um, way of putting it, um, I'll just say, what the fuck, white people? Like seriously, yeah. I'm I'm just we need to, I, I can't I can't even. Well, uh, Cliff, sorry, we're kind of running seconds. out of time, but uh, something say something really quick, and I'll then say um, in thirty seconds, which is cool. uh, that's okay. Yep. I mean, basically, that is the the broader project of cultural change that we need, and that is why we suffer so much from right wing investment in institutions and think tanks and what we yep. don't do because we need that cultural change to be made. And the only other thing I'll say very quickly is every one of them should be forced to read out loud. Uh, the parable of the Good Samaritan, because I'd like to be there when they do and claim they're Christian. Okay, I'm done. Yeah, they're not. That was only 24 seconds. Okay, well, that's good, because Cliff, you have six <laughs> seconds now. Uh, what I'm going to do, I'm going to ask everybody. As, as, I give the balance of my time back to Mary Trump. Sorry. <clears throat> Can I talk now? Yeah, okay. Cool. So, cool. yeah. um, since this is our last show uh, before the new year, begins please be better please be better please be better um i want to give everybody a chance to say um you know what they're hoping for uh in the new year i don't really believe in resolutions but i believe in setting intentions certainly um not just during the new year but uh why not good at good time as any uh and if there's anything uh you're working on that you want to plug like i don't know a podcast about books uh that has writers on as guests uh and except me so brian well let's see be kind to your web-footed friend for a duck maybe somebody's mother I wish everybody a great new year. I don't, <laughs> I don't even know what that means, but that sounds it's okay. Cool. I don't want to. <laughs> Just but be it's... kind. To, I, I wish for a, a gentle, uh, a more critical thinking and a gentler and kinder nation in, in the new year. And the only thing I'm, and, and, and if you're going to talk about uh, immigration, never forget the Simpson Mazzoli Act and the fact that they're supposed to be prosecuting. Uh, companies that hire illegal immigrants and they don't and the republicans are really great when they forget that so that's a little thing but uh and then I, uh, as far as what we're working on the podcast is uh just ask the question and the uh see i waited till you asked me to plug it mary 
<laughs> and then the book is called Free the Press. And uh, and I think that uh, in I hope in the coming year, there's a lot more attention paid to the problems in the press and we start to correct them. Yeah. Uh, thank you, Ryan. Cliff, you have six seconds. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Uh, I'll just start personally every year. I hope that I could be a better and more tolerant person. Um, I, 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 it's very difficult because there are some people out there in incredibly bad faith who harm people and it, it enrages me, but I always hope for them to have more grace and more understanding. Okay. Now let's kick their fucking, no, I'm just kidding. Mm -hmm. But I do also, I I'll say that my hope for this year is that, we, we did actually have a lot of victories that we didn't expect this year. Um, I hope that some of those lead to, to positive change next year, that people do more and more see paths, some of the, the lies and some of the purposeful division um, and are able to remember what America is and, you know, or we're supposed to be and how we reach a more perfect union. Um, and otherwise, you know, I'll wish all of you guys, everybody listening and watching and the best and, my great panelists here. And the only thing I'll promote is my, my little YouTube channel that could, that I started a couple months ago, just broke 10,000 subscribers. So I'm kind of excited. Uh, please come by and watch. We do some longer form podcasts and shorter takedowns of people who say and do bad things. It's just youtube.com slash C for Cliff Schechter. So cool. C Schechter. Great. Thank you. Jen. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I feel like I need to make a few corrections, which is <laughs> having looked at the comments, Dahlia was my first guest. So her ha waving her hands in disbelief that she hasn't been invited on is kind of ridiculous. <laughs> also, I feel like I need to say the other two guests I didn't mention, Jill Weinbanks and Jennifer Rubin. Um, and what I want to say is what I, I really miss is from my childhood in the 70s, I miss all the peace signs and the promise of shared prosperity. Um, and, you know, hoping for, as Fairlyn Getty would say, a rebirth of wonder. And the podcast is called? Booked Up with Jen Taub. And you you can, can find it on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Ooh. All right, then. It's really good. So please, please, even though I'm not invited onto it, I still highly recommend it. <laughs> Dahlia? Um, I'll, I'll flack first. The book is Lady Justice, came out um, this September uh, from Penguin Press, and it uh, very much was a story about some of the people who don't get enough attention or credit. And I think um, everyone on this podcast reminds me every day that um, people are working in the trenches really freaking hard to save democracy, and they don't always get uh, mugs and t-shirts, but they're amazing. And I think that um, maybe just slightly orthogonal, but connected is um, that I think that, you know, one of the real lessons of this year is that there is great generosity and there is a capacity for great goodness. People reacted with such generosity to those busloads of folks who were dropped off in front of the vice president's house uh, this weekend. And so I, I just want to say, I think we can and should really work to replace this myth of scarcity with the sort of promise of goodness and generosity and plenty because it's true uh, and we are capable yeah. of it. And I wish for everybody uh, 2023 full of generosity and Jen's wonder and uh, also prosperity and good health. 
Thank you, Dahlia. Um, and I'll, I'll just add uh, that I, I hope, well, first of all, I posted this on Twitter. Uh, my favorite Christmas movie is um, Santa Claus is Coming to Town, narrated by Fred Astaire and Mickey Rooney plays Santa Claus. And it uh, has a music, like a psychedelic music video that could have been written by the guys who did Gumby. I mean, it's just, it's got everything. <laughs> it's got the Burgermeister, Meister Burger. It's incredible. Yep. And seriously, the Penguin. But there's a song called Put One Th Foot in Front of the Other. And it's about um, changing from bad to good. See the whole thing, so I don't have to explain it. It's really great. I still love it. It holds up. Um, and it's and and Chris Kringle basically says changing from bad to good is as easy as putting one foot in front of the other. I don't think it's quite that easy, but it's worth shooting for. And my one of my many hopes for the new year is that people, given the fact that we didn't that the Republicans did horribly in the midterms. People are getting the message. The Supreme Court keeps overstepping. The Republican Party keeps overstepping. I think the cruelty is going to stop playing or it's going to get other people to pay attention in a way that's going to help us. So we have a while before 2024. So let's take 2023 and please let's focus on our mental health and our physical yes. health. It's been an extraordinarily difficult six years and the last three have been at times unspeakable. So, you know, we need all of you. Um, we need all of us so too, to be well in, in our minds and in our bodies. And, and that's what I hope for. And all of you here help me with that. So I wish you all the best and uh, looking forward to seeing you in 2023. Love you, Mary. Love you too. Bye, guys. Yeah, I love you, Mary. Thank you so much. All right. Thank you so much for being here with us today for the last Nerd Avengers of 2022, a year I'm very happy to be turning to Hadron. Um, we couldn't do this, this without you. Uh, so you're you're tuning in every week uh, and on Thursdays. Just makes all the difference in the world. Uh, so that is it for today. Um, I have to go see my kid now. So we're going to wrap it up. Uh, we will be here Thursday, 7 p.m. Eastern, 4 p.m. Pacific at youtube.com slash Politicon. And we will be back next Tuesday for our first show of 2023. And we're going to kick it off right that's also at youtube.com slash Politicon, 12 p.m. Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific. And uh, while you're on Politicon's YouTube page, please subscribe to Politicon. Like the episode, leave a comment there uh, if you're not watching in real time. And also there's a bell that you can click. And if you press on that bell, you will be notified every time. Oh, there it is. You will be notified every time a new video drops. Uh, of course, you can listen to the show in podcast form on apple wherever you get your podcasts uh and leaving a five-star review really helps other people find the show so that would be much 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 appreciated and uh that is it until thursday uh so in the meantime please stay safe and be kind mm -hmm.